This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. I'm Bargasso, and you're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 183 of the Runny Drink Podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Welcome to the show. I, I walked out of the office today and I just felt and, and smelled fall in the air. I think it, it's officially happened. And I yeah. think we officially got some of it. Like The first day of fall was last week. Just a smidge, though. Just a little. It wasn't it because it's everyone knows we're in Florida. Yes. And that's just there is no changing of the leaves and the changing of the temperature. And no, we get different colored license plates and uh, maybe yeah. the brown palm frond falls on the ground. That's po- about it. Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. But no, I, I felt, welcome to fall. Yeah, and I felt the same thing. I noticed it on my run this morning, and it was so pleasant. I hope it stays this way, or is this just a cold front and it's just you know? Oh, I'm sure that it's we're, we are going to be up and down temperature and humidity. And, and I would ring the bell, but I don't want the dog to go crazy. No, so. no, no, no. But ding, yeah, ding, ding. It's been very nice the last. 24 hours being able to mm-hmm. have pretty pleasant running weather so yeah. hopefully wherever you are listening to us from you're having some first weeks of fall a little less humidity just some, yeah. i hope it's i hope it's you know, been great conditions for you guys out there in the runcation nation for sure we had pretty good conditions at the race we're going to recap in this episode. We did. As a matter of fact, we were told that just the you know day or two prior, it was significantly more warm mm. and humid. So I'd like to say that we brought that with us, but being from Florida, we did not. We, did not. No. we were just lucky. Mm-hmm. And the race we're talking about this week, of course, is the Vacation Races Great Smoky Mountains 5K. Yes, some of you in the Runcation Nation, and you know exactly who you are, we're talking to you. You ran the half marathon at this Great Smoky Mountains 5K and half marathon weekend. and We recap this week our experience with the 5K and running with a member of the Runcation Nation. Yes. Yeah. And getting schooled on, on mm. I don't know, but I'd say it's exactly altitude, but getting schooled on, on being ready for the conditions we're going to go run in. Yeah. 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 And then after that, we are going to talk about a pretty incredible classic American 
Steakhouse. And this is the second yeah. one of those that we've covered in recent weeks. But this is a genre of restaurant that I think has stood the test of time and is still yes. around for a reason. Classic American steakhouses. But each one had a different feel. Yes. Although nostalgic. Nostalgic, and they shared Period. some characteristics. And we'll talk about that when we get mm. to the eat portion. Mm -hmm. And then in the drink portion, we're going to be talking about a fantastic brewery that we found while we were up in Gatlinburg, Tennessee for we this amazing race found weekend. A brewery. Imagine that. A brewing company. <laughs> Gallenberg Brewing Company. Yes. Yay. We can't wait to tell you about the Great Smoky Mountains 5K, the Peddler Steakhouse, and Gatlinburg Brewing all coming up on this week's episode. But first, we've got some people to shout out. Yes. Now, most recently, Cheryl, one of our patrons, Cheryl, she finished a 12-hour adventure race in wow. 9 hours, 59 minutes, and 17 seconds. Garmin Miles, 27. Official race miles, 26. I'm going to go with the Garmin Miles. <sighs> because that, that accounts for weaving you know, in and out of people and all that. I'm going to go with the Garmin Miles. It's awesome. That's amazing. I love it. Just, we haven't done that in an actual race. We haven't done that in a virtual. We haven't done that at all. And just the members of the Runcation Nation continue to inspire us all the time. Yeah, no, we haven't done any, what kind of race do you call it? An endurance race? I guess all long distance running is an endurance race, yes. but that's like a super, I guess that, that would be considered an ultra. 27. Yeah. Yes. So. It's an ultra. Yeah, we've definitely never done that. Highest we've done is 25 in training. Mm -hmm. That like is. All night races. That Here's to you. Cheers. Because that. I will lift my bottle of fizzy water to yes. you. Here you go. Oh, I was trying to make it go in the, uh, <laughs> in the microphone. It didn't work. And then we also had another patron, Jennifer Hall, who is Fun Size Jen on Instagram. She completed the GW Patriot run hosted by Mount Vernon. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Now, and I've, she had the signature metal picture with her sunglasses. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I, I got to go to visit Mount Vernon when I was in my, my big family, like National Lampoon's family vacation. That well, they're history cations. We they were. They're historical uh, cation. I and, don't know. I and can't. It's a pretty cool place, but the, the, this is a place my mom actually stole an apple from one of their trees and brought it home and your dried it mother out. she did yes your mother yes because it was alleged to be from apple trees that uh, were planted during the time of washington so i can't believe it learn something new every time we record this show <laughs> can't believe that clarice costin did that oh yeah yeah she was a rebel shocking so yeah, Not really, really cool. I would love to she do does that. What she wants. I would love to do that race. I think that would be amazing. And Rhonda Lee, in a couple of weeks here, she is uh, getting ready for her virtual Boston. So, yes. just a shout out to her and her training and wishing her the last bit 
of very successful training and tapering, which is often the hardest part. We're going to have to have an episode one one week where we talk about explaining some of the common terminology in racing, just as people might be getting into running, so that they learn what that means. Because mm. when you say tapering to a lot of people, they will have no idea. Tapering. So... You train, you train hard, you run the miles, you do the drills, you do the speed work, you do the short runs, you do the cross training, you do all the things that normally make you successful leading up to your race. But then in the final two or three weeks leading up to your marathon, your ultra, your fill in the blank here, right? you taper off the running you rest your legs you do what you need to do to make sure that your body is prepared and recovered yes prepared and recovered is perfect so there we have it now you know the more you know there i don't (laughs) i'm sure somebody else would be so much more eloquent. No, I think that's a great explanation for everybody. It's just a nice lay explanation. We're mm. we're everyman runners here, so yeah, you know we don't need anyone with a PhD in sports science to tell us what tapering is. Yeah, uh-huh. but anyway, so if you were wondering we, what that we, term means, <laughs> now you know. We would welcome people like Bart Yasso, people like Marco Cicetto, people like. Oh, I don't know. America's coach, Jeff Galloway. That's true. We'll have to see about getting those guys back on. Yeah. So shall we talk running since we've started talking running anyway? Yes. Just want to say, if you want to shout out on the show, we we look at our social media channels and see what our Runcation Nation is doing. If you would like us to celebrate you... Email us at info at runnydrink.net. I'm sorry, did you say info at runnydrink.net? I did, in fact, say info at runnydrink.net. And let us know about an accomplishment, your accomplishment, a member of the Runcation Nation that may be too shy that you know that needs to celebrate. Just email us or call us at 941-677-2700. And leave us a voicemail about it so we can share it with everyone. I'm sorry. Now, my my headphone appears to be going out. Did you say 941-677-2733 and leave a voicemail? I did, in fact, say that. Okay. Okay. I'm just making sure. I got to get this equipment checked. (laughs) So. So, yes. Now let's talk running. Let's talk running. Yeah. Well, we have been wanting to check out a race from... The company vacation races for quite some time over the last year plus as we mm. have been looking for runs in the pandemic of things that we could do once we could get back to traveling the idea of doing a race that is adjacent to or near a, a national park really appealed to us and beauty of the area yeah getting to see some of these famous locations mm-hmm. that we have preserved throughout our great country and now that we are able to get out and about and do some traveling and leave the states we we saw this one was coming up and we jumped on it the great smoky mountains 5k is part of their whole race weekend but you could do a half marathon 
Mm-hmm. Their 5K is Friday night. Their half marathon is Saturday in this particular race weekend. Or you could do the Black Bear Double, which is both races, with a bonus medal. And honestly, if you're going to do a race challenge weekend, you ought to get some bling or extra bling. I'm just saying. Which is called the Black Bear Double. Yeah. We didn't. We did not. We wanted to. This is the year of the 5K for you, and we didn't want to overdo it. Plus, we've been traveling. It's amazing to be able to actually say that sentence out loud that we've been traveling a lot in the last month, but we have. So So good. We wanted to get up there and check this out, and I... love the smoky mountains Mm. and for us to be able to spend some time in and around the area of the smoky mountains national park i think was fantastic i hadn't really been up there since college Mm. and it was great to get back in that area i had not been there and i got to share it with you yeah so ever we ended up flying in we flew out of uh, fort myers and we took a very early flight and we did because we wanted to maximize our time on the ground mm-hmm. because it was this is another one of those where dana planned the travel and this might be the last one that i'm allowed to plan i don't think so <laughs> so we ended up leaving at the crack of early here at 6 a.m you're gonna come back from this you're gonna learn from this. oh i'm gonna learn from this yeah oh okay you might have to model the behavior for me that you want me to do. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. <laughs> well, fun was had, but we yes. needed an extra day. We did. Or two. Yeah. But we ended up flying out of here at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. We get into Knoxville, which is the airport that we flew into, grabbed our bags, rented our car. Well, we had a rental car uh, waiting for us, mm-hmm. and we drove straight to packet pickup. We did. So it was fairly early in the morning. It was we were on the ground by nine thirty, and so and we were driving pack by a pickup ten. Is, yeah, we went to pack a pickup in the first hour. It was open, which is good, I think. Oh, I thought so. Yeah, because we couldn't even check into our hotel before. wasn't ready. No. So we went to the expo, which is was an outdoor expo. Which I think that is. It's not the it's not the first time we've done a packet pickup outdoors, but I think mm. this is the first time we've had an outdoor runners expo. Mm. I can't well, remember doing like, an outdoor runners expo. I don't remember one either. I remember the runners village is outside for Donna for the Donna Marathon weekend. It was pretty unique. I can't remember one. In our history, to be honest. Yeah. And that was outside. And the actual packet pickup was in was not in Knoxville. It was about a 40-minute drive from the airport. And mm-hmm. it was in a little town called Townsend. Yes. And like you said, we're outside doing packet pickup and then the runner's expo. I actually liked it. Yeah. The weather was great. We got we, when we flew in. I, I think that the hottest it got during any of the days we were there was seventy degrees. It wasn't bad, really. In the sunlight, it was warm. Yes. In the direct sunlight, it was warm, but it was not as humid as it is here. No, no, not not by a long shot. So in the shade, it was quite nice, and there were well-appointed tents set up at this expo. 
Yeah, lots of merchandise, mm-hmm. which I thought was really great. Yeah. There were some unique things that they did that I've never seen before, mainly that this race did not have cups at the water stops. A so hydro pouch. As part of what you had to do, you would get your bib, your shirt, then you had to go get your hydro pouch, pouch thing, yeah. which is this. You can opt out of getting that, but we got that just to see what it was all about. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you're going to bring your own hydration on the course or your own bottle on the course, what have you to refill? Yeah. Because they're big on not creating a mess, which I, I actually appreciated. I thought that was pretty cool and not leaving the place better than you found it mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Kind of philosophy. And, and this thing is, it's cool. It's like a clear ish, blue flat flat pouch with a little spout on it yeah and when you squeeze it the top opens up and you hold that under uh under a spigot to fill it up with water yeah and then you can drink from the little spout so a cooler of water or a cooler of some kind of electrolyte drink that might be on the course i thought it was pretty unique and it has a little belt clip so when you're done you just clip it to your belt and keep going yeah i kind of like that it's good plenty of shirts for all the distances, mm. plus the challenges. Yeah. Um, they also had some shirts that they were selling for uh, fundraising for some of their charity, mm-hmm. one of the, or a charity that's attached to the company. And then they had some other accoutrement. They had camping blankets for sale by Rumpel. They had Gooder sunglasses for sale. Yeah. And they had socks and a, a small selection. This, this was not what I would call a full service runner's expo. If Full you service, yeah. If you like, if you lost your bag on the way there, you're not getting sh- new shoes at this this oh. runners expo. You might what pick you up some sunglasses, that type of thing, but the big stuff you're going to have to go to a running store or someplace nearby. Mm. I liked their signage. They had a, a sign that looked very. I don't know, rustic, which had the name of the race and it had different individual signs you could hold up. While you pose in front of it for a photo. For a photo, like my first half or that, those kinds of signs. And then there was also a sign that apparently they have done this at all of their races and everybody signs. Yes. With a sharp, the namesake, the is it's it, it almost looks like a color by number. Yes, it's like the logo of the race, yeah, but like in a coloring book. Mm-hmm. And you and you can sign and and then they go and they hang them up where they where their headquarters are. So but I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to see a photo from the headquarters mm, of too. all the banners. Um, what I also liked about this, this is just from the guy who was driving the car. Ah. It was pretty much a straight shot from the airport. If you fly into Knoxville. If you fly into Knoxville. Yeah. It, it, it was a very easy, quick drive, very scenic. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoyed that. And I did think that, like you said, that sign that you could pose in front of mm. it was rustic. It was also closely modeled after the actual signage for the Smoky Mountains National Parks. Park. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was, I thought, pretty neat. Mm-hmm. 
And everybody was so nice. All the fellow runners are like, do you want us to take your picture? And the lines moved fairly quickly and... There's a little something to uh, a pro tip. You show up you're and you want to buy some merch or you're going to get something at their expo. The the lines moved pretty quick, but that line was huge. Yes, indeed. It was as long as the expo. And the expo was probably 12 tents, mm-hmm. 12 big tents mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And it, the the line was huge. And and it yeah. actually, it formed a, an L. Mm-hmm. But the... Uh, yeah, the line was very long. Yeah. So but don't let that scare you. They, it moves very quickly and they're very efficient. Although the, we also learned at that moment hmm. that uh, cell service was going to be a challenge. Indeed. Because they were having issues with their points of sale. They're Normally getting, they, getting the mobile, wi- mobile they data. They do Square. They do Apple Pay, all that. The mobile payment options, all those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were trying to connect and trying to make it work and they were successful they were but, but it was just our first experience of what we were going to be experiencing for the next couple of days yeah we're <laughs> like off the grid off the grid yes yeah i very much enjoyed that part of the runner's expo we got done with that we went back to our hotel room was not ready so we ended up killing some time in gatlinburg before we could get checked in mm-hmm. once we got checked in we changed for the race. Change, yeah, change for the race, and end on those green bibs, the white numbers, and headed off. Mm-hmm. And from where we were at, the, the like we stayed in, we flew into Knoxville, we stayed in Gatlinburg, but yes. the race was in Townsend. Yeah, and on a map, they look pretty close, and they are. You're talking forty minute drive, uh, basically, mm-hmm. and that was fine. That part was fine. Things you don't take into account is that the drive is going to take you on some very windy mountain roads. You have to be really careful. And those mm-hmm. roads at night are not very well lit. So just things to keep in mind. And, and you're going to do 25 miles an hour for a good part of your drive. Just be careful. In the daytime, gorgeous. At night, if you're not used to that, just something to be aware, aware of. Aware of if you're doing a rental car. Now, when we drove back to the race, it is exactly where Packet Pickup was. Yeah. They had parking in an empty field that was behind this hotel mm-hmm. uh, that was hosting the initial packet pickup and was the start and finish point for the race. Yes. I think that their parking situation was very good. They had people helping guide people into park. Exactly. We got there maybe 15 minutes before race start. Yeah. We had ample time to park walk maybe 200 yards to where everybody was congregated listening to the announcements. And then they were starting everything with the national anthem there where they had the PA system set up. And then we were texting and trying to connect with one of the newest members of the Runcation Nation. By way of Jennifer Fink. Jennifer Fink introduced us to Tina Bartola. I hope I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. But she was doing her first ever live 5K. Yeah. Yeah. And we wanted to be with her and help her. And she ended up, we're going to get to that in a minute. So I'm trying to text her. (laughs) And we're learning real quick with the data connection being what it is. So I I was jokingly saying that I'm just going to wander around yelling her name out. Then they said, we're going to migrate everybody over to the actual race start. 
that was really one of the only points where they had traffic control set up. Yes. Where and they re- yeah. that's really the only place that they needed it. Mm-hmm. And once we got over, it was a it was a paved multi use path. Mm-hmm. And I'm jokingly yelling for Tina, and then lo and behold, you're jokingly yelling for Tina the whole entire time. We were at, what was it the Tally Ho Inn in Townsend, and uh, we're and they are taking us safely across the roadway mm-hmm. to this paved path and the whole entire time you're tina T- and then we're we're standing it on this multi-use path in the back with the fun runners because we know we're not there for time we're there for enjoyment and we're there for to connect with people and enjoy the area mm-hmm. so we're looking around and you're shouting out, Tina! We turn around, she's right behind us. Yes. Right behind us. Yeah. So we got to connect. Yeah. And we <laughs> ended up doing the race together. And that was good because the cellular service was not. Cellular service was not. No. For sure. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the race itself. Mm. The race went in, I want to say that they did two minute waves. Yeah. And I don't know how necessary that was. I think they we were doing that really to space people out. Space people out because we weren't actually physically quartered off. Right. We just were in one gigantic line and then they just let groups of people go at a time. And so we were fairly for far back. And so we were able to see back over by the inn, mm-hmm. the hotel, the fastest runners finishing before we even it took off. started, right, yeah. yeah. But these are people with four and five minute miles. Oh my I mean, goodness. They, they were cooking. Yeah. It was good though, because they had their own cheer squad. They did. They had right across the road in us. They sure did. So we had time to talk with Tina and she drove in for the race and we talked to her about what her plan would be, and her plan would be to walk. Yep, she had been training doing power walking, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, you're going to set the pace, and mm. we're going to stick with you. Yeah. Little did I know, I ain't built for power walking. Tina's pacing, she's in the lead, I'm in between, and then you're behind me. Yeah. And then probably in the last half mile... You got your second wind and got your intervals going, Mm -hmm. catch up to me. And Mm -hmm. then the two of us caught up and finished the race with Tina. We did. And what a nice little finish line they had set up there. Mm -hmm. And an an announcer who actually announced all of our names. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And then they also had, you know, post-race snacks right there. The boxes that are very reminiscent of Disney. We actually cracked open the box that goes, the plastic cheese in here? Yes. Yeah. It, the it was not. Hint, there was no plastic cheese. No, but there were bananas. There were bananas. And, and chocolate milk. Pretzels and applesauce. And then they had some like dried fruit leather thing. Mm, and yeah. 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 I, yeah. And that's as, that's as much as I'll say about that. I'm <laughs> not a fan of the dried fruit leather. Yeah, yeah. Only when it's a part of Frushi. When it's holding Frushi in place. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a totally different... Fruit sushi. Mm. So talk a little bit about the race course. What did you think? I would say it 
was flat. Yes. With the exception of maybe the the hill there there was a, a brief and very short hill at the end. Yes. So in terms of elevation, it's it wasn't bad. Agreed. I would say it's a neighborhood 5K. I would also agree. I, I, I think that the photos we saw from people who ran the half. Mm, gorgeous. They had different vistas than we did. Mm-hmm. This one really, like you said, took you through neighborhoods, which yeah. is cool if you're liking to check out houses. Sure. There was one creek with a, a pedestrian bridge over it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, and a little tunnel, a little tunnel that you had to run through that yeah. got you under that the road. That was pretty cool. That was cool. Yeah. But... For the most part, this is exactly like you said, a neighborhood 5K. Managing expectations for people that might be looking at the 5K. If you're, it's a toss-up and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this race to get you know the scenery, consider the half. And I think it's doable for people who train for it because they're, they're an 18-minute mile pace. Yes. Yeah, it's a very approachable pace. course limit. Mm-hmm. I also will give us the caveat that... While you don't have a lot of elevation change during the 5K, that part of Tennessee is a little higher above sea level than we're accustomed true. to. Very generally true. speaking, while we're not we're not talking Rocky Mountains elevation, right? It is enough to impact us a little bit. So yeah. we were feeling that, and we made <clears throat> mistakes. We may have made a training mistake where while we were killing time to wait for our hotel to get our room ready we took a walk down the boulevard in downtown gatlinburg and we may or may not have found one of the distilleries Mm, while we were there yeah so so we might have been involved in it nutritionally we may not have set ourselves up for you know optimal we did not training conditions it's true we did not but i blame the hotel you blame, the I blame the hotel. You blame Absolutely. the hotel? I do. You do not. No, not really. <laughs> it was a great hotel. It so, was. Eh. Yeah. But all in all, it was an enjoyable 5K. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really think that I would like to see the course during the half. Yes. I think that would be amazing. I like judging, the medal. And, and I was going to say, judging by the photos that we saw... And the medals we heard clanging around our hotel from people who ran that double black bear or yes. black bear double. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I think that the I think that of the two, I think the one you ought to shoot for if you can, if you're thinking of doing this particular race weekend, treat the five K as kind of a warm up mm-hmm. and maybe do the half as your main course. Yeah. Agreed. I just yeah. Those medals looked sweet. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's a little larger than our 5K medal. But it was still a great medal. It is a great medal. Yeah. And you're going to see f- artwork in he- our episode artwork. Yes. You're going to see a photo of it. So mm-hmm. It was hefty. They did a nice job with the bling. Very. So. Full color. Absolutely celebrates the National Park. I'm not saying anything bad here. And what, no. And what we're describing is just giving you a tip for optimal weekend enjoyment if you're going to do this one. If you're looking for scenery. Which I was. And we got it. And we talked about it last week. We did. So. We did. We did get it. Congratulations, Tina, on your first live 5K. Thanks for letting us tag along with you. Literally. Literally. 
And you made us hungry. Indeed. So much so that we had to go back to our hotel and wander around and find places to eat. And boy, fortunately, we had some locals recommend to us this place that we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, the Peddler Steakhouse. Indeed. And this place was everything you could possibly want in a classic American steakhouse, I think. Indeed, yes. From the outside, it's it, the restaurant itself is sitting on the bank of Little Creek, actually of the Be- large creek. A beautiful that, body of water that is you know flowing, and you can hear the water rushing as you're walking over to the restaurant. The exterior, nice, beautiful red and and black accents and mm. deep wood. It's exactly like what I expected. You know, you're in Tennessee. <clears throat> And you know you're going to a steakhouse. Mm -hmm. And we walk in. It's dimly lit, and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And we ended up getting seating in a corner. Yeah. That was the and the corner was two glass windows, and we're on the water. And it was just a beautiful view. (sighs) Beautiful. It was later at night, so I imagine if you're seated there as the sun is setting, it would be gorgeous. Oh, yeah. But it was gorgeous at night also. It was well lit, so you could see the body of water. Mm-hmm. So the scenery during the meal was quite nice. It really was. Mm. And this place was packed. They get a lot of traffic. Yeah. They, they are located basically one block off of the main drag in mm. downtown Gatlinburg. Yeah. And it was walking distance from our hotel. Which was very nice. And what else can I really say about it? There was there were multiple, it was like a multi-story. There are stairs involved, yes. So if you get the salad bar, because it's the quintessential steakhouse, classic steakhouse experience from my childhood. Mine too. To have a salad bar along with the the meal be prepared to navigate when you have your mountain of salad mm-hmm. on the plate be prepared to navigate stairs yes yeah 100 percent. depending on where you're sitting we had to navigate stairs you may not have to navigate stairs if you're close to it i know there was some seating, there was some seating down in that okay. area by the salad bar yes also But just know that may be part of the experience, which I didn't mind. No. And it actually just made it more rustic and and at home in my memory. This is you're smiling as you're talking about. This is like a nostalgia thing for you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree more. We had we sat down and we ordered a couple of beverages and we ended up getting an appetizer to start because we wanted to see a little bit of everything here. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the appetizer, which was a combination of fried cauliflower and fried mushrooms? Just classically fried. So it came to the table super hot. Our server was excellent. And it was actually a combination. They like they. It's a team effort. Yes. 
Yeah, they, they have an initial order. server, mm-hmm. and then your stake order is actually given to a person who only takes stake orders. Mm-hmm. So she was great. The the per, all of the people who helped us, who served us, excellent. They were. I thought it was unique that the cauliflower and mushroom came with honey mustard. It's yeah. not I that's not something that I see a lot. No. Is, is am I just is it just me? No. I first of all, I agree. This was a very simple, straightforward, classic preparation. How can you go wrong with bite-sized nuggets that are breaded and fried? Of something. And in this case, it happened to be veggies. So We got our vegetables. We totally got our vegetables. I'm going to count that as healthy eating. Yeah, but it wasn't. But the the cauliflower (laughs) was, it had a great crunch to it. They were bite-sized pieces. mm -hmm. It was not humongous. Like big florets. Yeah, so that the breading would fall off or so that it, it did not at all in any way. It was nice. Nice broken down mushrooms and and the portion was huge plenty for two people or four people to share i would say easily but like you said the honey mustard's kind of weird normally when i would get like fried mushrooms i love a fried mushroom appetizer i i I know i just i think that is a perfect way to start a savory meal especially when you're going to get meat Mm. and mushrooms have this amazing flavor Typically, I would when you see They're that someplace, woodsy. Yes. yeah, but they'll typically serve it with horseradish or ranch. I've seen, Fried I've seen mushrooms ranch. with ranch. Yep, I've yes. seen ranch too. So the honey mustard was different, but I didn't mind. No, it worked mm-hmm. for both. It did the cauliflower and a mushroom. So, so we kept that very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for beverages, we ended up doing a. Um, I got Manhattan. an old, old. I got an old fashioned, and I did a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And those are not really a part of our beverage experience in this episode because we went to a fantastic brewery. Yes, but just so you know, they have a full bar with liquor and beer, Mm -hmm. and they have a number of cocktails on their menu. They'll also make you whatever you want to order. Yeah. So, let's get to the main course. I mean, you know. This is what we've been dying for. Um. You can get, there's salmon, there's shrimp, there's chicken. You can get things blackened. And then there's steak. Yes. And they're known for it. And they, I believe they had a couple of pasta dishes as well. Mm-hmm. I had to get a ribeye. And I had to get a baked stuffed potato with sour cream and cheese and chives and bacon and... Mm. Because I just love potatoes as a topping delivery vehicle. <laughs> yeah. I believe Ray Cronice would agree with you. That is, in fact, what most people use a baked potato for. Uh-huh. Yes. But it was good. It was so good. It was. As a side. And there are other sides. <coughs> there are other sides you can get. Oh, yeah. But I just, mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, those just are my jam when it comes to getting a steak dinner. So, I did. 
and I got a ribeye, medium rare, and it was just the right amount of fat to meat ratio, seared just perfectly, and it was just like a melt-in-your-mouth steak experience. You know me, if you have listened to this show any number of times, repeatedly, whenever we get steak, my favorite cut is a ribeye. This is true. You will occasionally do a filet. And I love a filet, but I just love the fat and meat of the ribeye. It's so flavorful. So, just saying. I think that... The ribeye for me is also my favorite cut, but there is a time when sometimes I just want to go with something that's a little leaner, but I'm looking for something that's, I said a little uh-huh. leaner, uh-huh. very little, uh-huh. but sometimes I just want this preparation. I want oven roasted is the prep that I want for my meat. And I opted to go with their prime rib. It looked amazing. And I too went with the baked stuffed potato because this, like for you, was a giant nostalgia bomb for me as well. Yes. This reminded me of eating at a place in Tampa called the Colonnade. That, uh, That right down to the dark wood and the dark patterned carpet that the restaurant had. I remember going there. Yeah. And they would do very similar preparations, but when they bring you your steak out, your steak is on the pewter esque metal plate. plate. Very similar. And it just, everything about this meal was hitting notes from my childhood as well. Mm. And Prime rib is one of those cuts of meat that I think you cannot go wrong. When you pick your cook temperature, it's that temperature throughout the entire piece of meat. Mm. It is juicy. It has just the right amount of fat. It has. It tastes so good with a little bit of horseradish and oh, au jus. Yeah. Oh. And it is, I think, one of the best cuts that you can get if you're just wanting to have an indulgent meat meal and i did i think mine had the ribeye has a crust and if it's prepared properly and yours right. was a sear a sear she let me have a bite on the and the prime rib does not so that is it, it's a different texture it is i've even seen a couple of restaurants that try to do like this quick sear on the prime rib i don't want that no I want a classic prime rib if I'm doing prime rib. Mm-hmm. The crust on a prime rib is actually on the edge. Yes. Not on the top and bottom if you're looking at the steak. And my mom used to do one. Mm. She would actually get the whole prime rib and she would create this paste from the uh, the juice from the raw meat. Mm. And then she would do salt and pepper and garlic and make this paste with her hands and massage the meat with it to roast it. And that, and that crust would actually cook down. Oh, so this very much reminded me of that. And the, 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 like you said, melt in your mouth, tender, the experience overall, I think from the quality of the beverages, the quality of the food, the selection on the salad bar, even. Oh yeah. 
again, all the things you would expect. And I love Lots the fa- of variety. And, and truth be told, I just love the fact that the salad bar was open. I know. It wasn't like, tell the salad t- attendant what you would like on your plate. No, no, no. I want to make my salad. Yeah. And I got to, which was great. It was clean. It was well attended. It was. And they were, you know, constantly rotating things out. Mm-hmm. It was great. There, yeah. there was nothing that bad that I could say about this experience mm-hmm. at all. If you were going to be in the Gatlinburg area and you're looking for a nice sit down meal. The Peddler, the Peddler Steakhouse is a great place to celebrate your accomplishments. Uh, it is. In fact, I can honestly say if we make it back up that way, I would go again. I would too. So desserts also looked very good. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Before we go on, however, because <laughs> we do have some drinks to talk about, we did want to say thank you to all of our patrons for their support and the growth you've allowed us to achieve this year. Your contributions have allowed us to deliver a better show in 2021. I think last week you talked about the mics that we were able to get. I did. As a result of the support that we've gotten from our patrons. And at patreon.com slash runny drink podcast, we have three different levels of that support. $2, $5, or $10, each with their own special perks. And we will introduce new perks and new levels heading into 20 the fall now that we're in the fall of 2021 and into 2022 uh-huh i can't wait to see these mm. well patrons get special thank you messages from us the insiders look behind the scenes access to exclusive video footage in fact i just put uh, a video up you in did. the insider feed yesterday a little something special from alaska yeah That's probably going to be one of the last videos that we shoot that doesn't have the mics because the lighting in that particular place was giving us fits with wireless microphones. Mm. Radio interference, it's a thing. However, (laughs) However, the fact of the matter is the video turned out great and what we're covering for the patrons, especially those at the insider level, chef's kiss. You're going to love it. So we're going to have some other... Amazing stuff that's released in the podcast feed just for them, like cooking demos, exclusive tastings of recipes, and other food and beverage that doesn't make the show. Our show will always be free. But if you want more of the Runny Drink Podcast and want to support us long term, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. And Podbean users, don't forget, tap the reward button at the top of the Podbean app. All those same levels are right there. You don't have to leave the Podbean ecosystem at all. And we really thank everybody for their support of the Running Drink Podcast. Let's toast our accomplishment. Indeed. Let's celebrate Tina's first 5K. Indeed. And we're going to take you back to Gatlinburg. In fact, we recorded this segment in Gatlinburg. We did. At the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. Yes. And we had some things. We did. So give this a listen. Enjoy our recap of the Gatlinburg Brewing. Hey, Runcation Nation. It's Dan and Amy from the Runny Drink Podcast at runnydrink.net. We are coming to you live from Gatlinburg Brewing Company here in downtown Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yay. And we couldn't decide. They have literally... 15 different beers on tap. It's true. Um, it looks like 
Two of those are guest taps. One, two, three, four. Four of them. Four of those are guest taps. Yes. Four. Yes. All right. So we are going to give these a taste and see what's yes. up. Number 12 of the white brush was a guest hat. Oh, it's left hand. You love left hand. I love left hand milk stuff, so it's not going to suck, I'm sure. No. That was pretty good. We had the milk hand. The white hand milk stuff. Oh. Yes. I'm excited. Well, so what I, you got? I have the Gaddy Light. The Gaddy Light. Now the five percent ABV. Okay. Yes. Uh, Twenty-five IBU. Light golden ale with a multi flavor and aroma. Light, very pale yellow color. I love yes. that. Oh, it's um, very multi. And, and very here, ready. And here, when you get a flight, you get four four ounce tastings. Mm. It's just very bready, very refreshing. It's, it's a great light beer. Yes. Oh, she's letting me taste. I love this. Oh, yeah. That is, like very you said, bready. very bready in flavor. Um, it is a very light body beer. Yes. Light color. Can't go wrong. Yeah. That is. What do you have? That would be a great burger beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my first one is the number six in the menu, which is the Wildcat Holler Red Ale. This is an American Amber clocking in at 5.8% ABV and 38 IBU. But it doesn't look like an amber. It actually doesn't. And the description says, Foster, all right, meow, where are we? Larry Johnson, I'm sorry, are you saying meow, Foster? I'm. Am I saying meow? Larry Johnson, I thought, I thought, Foster, don't think, boy, meow, do you? So they're riffing on the fact, they're riffing on, um, uh, Larry Johnson. Oh, what's the, what's the movie with the police officers, Super Troopers, the whole meow game. Okay, so, uh, Amber Ale? But it looks It's a lighter, almost like like a a dark golden. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. Hoppier than I was expecting. Really? Um, very, very mild carbonation. Medium body. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a favorite for you. Hop, way hoppier than I was expecting for an amber. What do you think? It's a little bit hoppier than I would like. Yeah. You're all right. So... Doesn't have the same red color that you would expect from an amber. No, tip not not a very atypical color for an amber ale. Okay, that's that's different. Yeah. This is almost I would almost describe this as resinous. Mm-hmm. Very hoppy. Okay. Truth be told, not my favorite. I like yours better. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. We keep up with my website. Absolutely. Sure. Thanks for whatever you guys do. We walked in and they had live music going, and the musician just popped by. Justin Michaels. He's outstanding. Yes. So I had number three on their menu, which is breakfast juice. Breakfast juice, okay. Hazy. 
6.4 ABV, 34 IBU, tropical fruit flavors, and aromas are complemented by a pillowy mouthfeel. Okay. In the in the interpretation of a New England IPA. You know how we feel about those. We do like the hazy New England IPAs. Southern Swells. Thanks to our friends at Southern Swells who helped. Seems very light in color. Light in color, but hazy. Mm -hmm. It's a citrusy IPA that I think you will love. Okay. It's hazy, light, carbonated. Fantastic citrus flavor. I immediately am getting like a grapefruit. Like grapefruit, yeah. That is really good. Not hoppy. This was way mine was way hoppier than that. Yes. So Cheers to this. Yeah, very good. Nice. Good selection, Aim. Cheers to the breakfast juice. Okay. My next one is called Ain't That a Peach Jesco. This is a wheat beer, 5.1% ABV, 17 IBU. That sounds like something that would be just up my alley. Yeah, it's described as our latest variant of Jesco wheat with peach and apricot puree. This has a hazy appearance. Um, it looks, it has the appearance like it might have a little bit of a peach hue to it. Mm. Like that orangish kind of orange golden. Oh, that's glorious. Hints of peach and apricot. No bitterness at all. Moderate carbonation. Medium body. What's that? Say it again. I couldn't hear you over the sound of how awesome this beer is. Because I said it's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm. So the Gabby Lights with the beer cheese. Usually they do a dark beer with beer cheese. If we did the Gabby Lights. The, oh, the beer cheese is excellent. Gabby Light is awesome. Yeah. I really like it. Oh. Number four is called Don't Feed the Bears. Don't Feed the Bears. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brown ale, very brown in color. Mm-hmm. Um, 5.6 ABV, 22 IBU. This English style brown ale, roasty malt, uh, complexity will leave you wanting another pint. We made this beer in support of the Appalachian Black Bear Rescue. Oh, very nice. Love it. Love it. I love the fact that they got a charity beer on tap. Mm 
Do tell. She's making a face, guys. It's a nice brown ale. Nutty? Mm. Yeah. I love brown ales. English browns are one of my favorite styles. And it's like got a hint of caramel. I don't know. Okay. Oh, that's delightful. Again, nice roasty, toasty malt. That actually is more like an amber or an Irish red. Yeah, I would say not an amber. Close to an Irish red. But it's got a nuttiness on it that I really dig. That is... the nuttiness is awesome. That's good. It's delightful. So... Don't feed the bears. Don't feed the bears. Okay. Don't feed the bears. All right. Well, my next one has a very little. They have very little to say about it in the menu. It's called the. Um, looks like Sergeant Arnold's Amber. And this is a red ale, an American Amber, five point eight percent ABV. This so. is much more what I would expect from an amber amber ale. In terms of color. Yeah, it looks red, golden. Golden, red color, transparent yep. or translucent, so, you know, no, no cloudiness yep. to it. Let's give this a shot. Yes. That is a solid amber. I like that one. Very. I know how you like an amber. This has, it's a lighter body than what you just had. Oh. This has a little bit of those toasty malt elements. Oh, that's true. But no real bitterness to it. But it has less of the caramel or less of the nuttiness than your, than your brown ale had. It's like a light. It's like a light version of that of that brown ale that you just had. It's kind of the best way I could describe it. That is fantastic. I really like that. It's just a slight bitterness on the end. But it doesn't stick with you. No. Yeah. That oh, is really, great. really good. All right. I have a lager 206. Ooh, this is... A lager, an amber... Which They're calling it an look, amber lager, which I don't. I don't it's see that as being very, very amber. Yellow. That's yeah. That's not an amber. And there's no description. It's just six percent ABV. And Thirty-four IBU. Thirty-four IBU. Okay. But it looks very golden in color. It's like a heavier version of the Gatti Light. Okay. Yeah. There's a slight bitterness on the end, but it's very, it's very bready flavor up front. That's not a bad thing. No. A little heavier body. Absolutely. It's not quite as bready. No. And there's a little bit and of that bitterness. lingering bitterness on the end. Yeah, but that is a light light yellow color, very light carbonation. Yeah. Medium body, 
you know, overall. But very pleasant. That is, that's nice. All right. Well, I ended up, my, my fourth and final is a guest tap, but I am not disappointed as we I'm learned sure. earlier. I'm sure. This guest tap is from Left Hand Brewing. This is their white stout. Yeah. It's their white Russian. And here's the description from the menu. It says, abide with the nitro or white Russian nitro if you're not into the whole brevity thing. White Russian nitro is taking her super smooth for all us craft beer drinkers. So, this is a white stout, which is a pale, pale to moderately yellow golden color with maybe a slight haze to it. And let's give this a taste. Okay. It's got a, a very creamy mouthfeel due to the nitro as opposed to the carbonation. Some vanilla going on there. Give it a shot. Almost, almost peanut butter. Oh, I know what you mean. It's not. There's no peanut in this, but there's almost a peanut butter thing going on there. It's so smooth and feels a little thicker oh my in the God. mouth. Right? So peanut butter. Almost. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, I know. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. On nitro, it goes down so smooth. And our friend Justin Michaels is about to start his next set. Guys, if you are in Gatlinburg, you've got to come check this place out. It's awesome. It's at this major intersection in downtown. They have an amazing space with all glass windows facing out to downtown. And the biggest, absolute biggest ceiling fan I've ever seen in my life. Check them out. Check this place out. Get a selection of their beers. You're going to love it. Enjoy. Gatlinburg Brewing. We did it live. We did do it live. It we was, did it live and without those mics. Yes. I. Here's the other secret. No matter what the patrons do for us, I have to remember to bring the gear with us. <gasps> and when I walked out of the hotel uh, for that time, I thought I had it, but I didn't. So That's okay. That's okay. I think that you're able to hear that uh, pretty well. And we were able to sign off right as the live music was about to start back mm -hmm. up. What a cool place, though. I Another place I would go back in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Amazing yeah. bartender. She was fantastic oh. helping us out. Yes. And yeah, I, I have nothing bad to say about it. I, I very much enjoyed our time in mm -hmm. Gatlinburg. And uh, I'm we, looking forward to, yeah. to finding an excuse to get back up there for another race. Yeah, we'll have links in the show notes to the race, the Peddler Steakhouse, and also the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. And it's, I, I just love the story of Gatlinburg Brewing Company. Yeah. If you're if you go to their website and you read how it evolved and the family support and the and how it just grew, I just 
I absolutely love that because it's a great little place, fun. Everybody little it, place. Like, it's not little. No. But it's great. It is. Nonetheless, and great beer. What a cool location too. Wide I mean, variety. If you start your night there, oh and branch out yeah. all over up and down the the parkway. Mm-hmm. Makes for a good night. It does. Next week, we're going to be flashing back to a virtual race that we took to Disney. We're working our way through this series. Yeah, we will run the, or recap our run, of the Deadpool Maximum Effort 5K. (laughs) As part part of the Metal Chasers Antihero series. Yeah. And we'll recap a great vegan and not vegan meal at Sebastian's Bistro. On the Walt Disney World property. Yes. I'm excited. I think you guys are going to really love this. We really appreciate. I worked hard to get that reservation. Yes, you did. And we'll talk all about that (laughs) next uh, week on the next show. Yes. Uh, But listen, guys, if y'all love the show, take some time this week at some point to share it out on your social media and tag somebody who needs to be a part of the Runcation Nation. We are trying our best to grow the community, but we really need your help. We love seeing the community grow and all of you have contributed to that and you continue to do so every time you share an episode or bring a friend along. So share it, tag us. If you have the time this week, help the Runcation Nation grow. We love all of you. We've met such cool people on this journey in this show, and we just want to continue to create the community. And it's so great when you love it so much, you bring somebody along. Yeah. And now we have people who've met through the Runcation Nation helping each other train for a race. Yay. And, you know, everybody's supportive in the groups and in our chats, and we just want to keep growing that. That's the most important thing. Yeah. So... There you have it. Thank Everyone. you. Thank you so much for listening, for joining us on your long run, your commute to work, around the house, wherever you are. I'm your host, Amy. And I am your co-host, Dana. Stay safe, stay well, and we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.